is Tez, the tax expert, and you're listening to my podcast, Tez Talks Taxes. This is a five to 10 minute podcast where I give tax tips to individuals and small businesses. And as always, if you have questions, you can reach out to me on Instagram under the name tax expert. So let's talk about today's topic. Today's topic is on your filing status. Many people are unsure of what to choose when they're preparing their tax return or when they're completing other documents that ask for their filing status. So we're going to go over all of them individually so you can see which one applies to you. So the five statuses are single, married filing jointly, married filing separately, head of household, and a qualified widow or widower. Let's now talk about the first status, which is the single status. There are three categories that you can fall within in order to qualify as single. The first category would be for those who were never married. The second category are for those who are legally separated according to their state law or have a divorce decree. The third category are for those who have lost their spouse in death prior to January 1st of 2019 and didn't remarry in the year of 2019. So if you fall within any of these categories, then you are considered unmarried and can use the single status. Now for single individuals, you do want to watch out for other categories because certain things may qualify you for a status that will give you a better benefit. Those two statuses could be the head of household or the qualifying widower or widow status. I'll go over what those are in just a few moments, but I do want to let you know that the benefit here of filing as single is that you can have a standard deduction of $12,200 for the tax year of 2019. Let's move on to the second filing status, which is married filing jointly. There are four categories here that if you fall within one of them, then you can use this as your filing status. The first category is for people who were married at the end of 2019. Even if you did not live with your spouse at the end of 2019, you can still qualify to use the status off the simple fact that you were married. The second category is for people who may have lost their spouse in death in the year of 2019 and didn't remarry in the year of 2019. The third category is for people who were married at the end of 2019. However, their spouse died in 2020 prior to filing their 2019 tax return. The fourth category is for people who have lived with a person in a common law marriage. Now this common law marriage would have to be recognized in the state that this person lives in, or it would have to be recognized in a state in which the common law marriage began. So this may be a little tricky. Let me give you an example. If in the state of Texas, you entered into a common law marriage, and then you relocated to a state that does not have the law for common law marriage, your common law marriage still exists for tax purposes and you're still able to file as married filing jointly. 
this sums it up for the married filing jointly status. Just to let you know, the benefit here is that your standard deduction for tax year 2019 will be 24400 One thing to note in the difference between the single status and the married filing jointly status is that for you to qualify as single, your spouse would have had to have died before January 1st of 2019. Whereas with a married filing jointly status, your spouse would have had to have died in 2019 or in 2020 prior to filing the 2019 tax return. There's another category that is similar to this under the qualifying widow and qualifying widower status that concerns the date of death for your spouse. We'll get to that momentarily. Let's move on to the third filing status, which is married filing separately. You would have to fit within the four categories that we mentioned in the married filing jointly status in order to also qualify as married filing separately. Let me just make it clear that this status does not mean that you're separate from your spouse. It does not mean that you're going through a divorce. It means none of that. What it actually means is that you're filing a separate tax return from your spouse. There are times where spouses may not agree with what is on the tax return. It doesn't have to be a right or wrong type of situation. It could just be, I don't agree with it and I don't want to sign my name to that. So if a spouse feels that way, they have the right to file a separate return. Also, married filing separately is great for when one spouse owes a tax liability that the other spouse does not want to be liable for. If you file a joint tax return and your spouse has a tax liability, you are now equally responsible for that liability. However, if you decide to file a separate tax return, you are not liable for your spouse's tax liability. So it's a good option to pick when you either don't agree or when you just want to do your own thing or when you don't want to be liable for something that belongs to your spouse. As you can see, this filing status is more like a tax strategy. It's something that you would use if you're trying to figure out if it would give you a lower tax liability than the married filing jointly status. Although there are advantages to using this status, there are also disadvantages. Here are a few of them. The standard deduction for a married filing separately tax return is half of the amount allowed on a joint return. Also, if your spouse were to file an itemized tax return on a separate tax return, you are required to file an itemized tax return as well. Another disadvantage is that there are certain tax credits and deductions that are not allowed on a separate return that would be allowed on a joint return. I listed the items one by one in the show notes. So if you're curious, go check it out and you'll see the list there. Due to the drastic differences in these two filing statuses, a tax professional would normally do a comparison to see which one fits your situation the best. Now it's time for us to move on to the head of household status. In order to qualify for the head of household status, you have to meet one of the three elements that I've mentioned before under the single status. However, there are a few other components that are required for you to meet this status completely. 
the most important component is actually a requirement that you have a qualifying child or a qualifying relative in order to file the status. And in addition to that, you would have had to have paid more than half the cost of keeping up the home in which you lived. For those of you that are not familiar with the tax terms, qualifying child and qualifying relative, please listen to my next episode because I am going to go into deep detail about what this is and if this dependent is someone that you can put on your tax return. The two things that make the head of household status more attractive than the single status is that your standard deduction is $18,350 for the tax year 2019 and you also have a lower tax rate. So for those of you that qualify for the head of household status, you will, in most cases, experience a better tax benefit than you would have if you filed as single. The final filing status is the qualifying widow, a qualifying widower. In order to meet this status, your spouse would have had to have died in 2017 or in 2018. You also could not have remarried in the year of 2019. Another component of this filing status is by having a child or a stepchild whom you can claim as a dependent. Now, there is an exception to this rule if you have a child that you can claim as a dependent or could have claimed but had some type of restriction. For example, if that child's gross income was $4,200 or more, or if that child was actually married and filed a joint tax return, or if that child could be claimed as a dependent on someone else's tax return. Now, I don't want to mislead you by use of the word child because a person can be considered a child, however, of an adult age, such as 18 or 19 years old, or in certain circumstances, even older. So don't get misled by that term when you're thinking about these requirements or these restrictions when it comes to being able to utilize this status. The benefit for filing as a qualifying widow would be that you are able to take the standard deduction that matches a married filing jointly individual, which is $24,400. It's unfortunate that this status comes from a tragic event but there are tax benefits that you receive due to it. It can help alleviate any tax liability that you may have in the year that you file as a qualifying widow. So we successfully spoke on all of the filing statuses. I do want to give you a few takeaways, things that you might want to take note of in case you have questions later or in case you want to share this information with someone else So first, I want to tell you that for the single status, people who are married can sometimes qualify if they are considered to be unmarried. And that could be not living with their spouse and having a separation agreement. For the married filing jointly status and the married filing separately status, if you're in a common law marriage that is recognized in the state that you reside in or that was recognized in a state in which that marriage began in, then you do qualify for one of these two statuses. Lastly, I want you to review your situation and see which category fits you best. If you have any questions on this, please make sure you reach out to me on Instagram under the name Tax Expert. Share this episode, 
comment on this episode. Don't forget to subscribe. I have more information, more tax tips, more tax education coming. So I hope you keep an eye out for it and use this information in your day-to-day life. Okay, well, thanks for joining me. Take care.